Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. And we got a couple of job offers. The same company offered us both to come and work with them, you know, for crazy money. And we are like, oh, okay, maybe we are worth something. We sat down and kind of thought, well, let's try this again, doing our own thing. My name's Espri Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I am in Auckland, New Zealand, yes, celebrating the most dynamic women in tech around the world. And today I have Sam. Hello, Sam. Excited to be here. Oh my God, so excited. First of all, everybody is really, really just good energy here in Auckland. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a shame about the weather, actually, because if it was sunnier, it might be even better energy. I know. Well, (laughs) I I know. It's funny because I seem to care less than the locals the locals oh, are like no yeah, where's we're the really sun? embarrassed because we're really this embarrassed. is summertime yeah, yeah. this is prime Absolutely. time and this it's is, yeah there's a cyclone yeah and, <laughs> yeah. and it's and it's horribly hot and humid so yeah but you know what i'm here yeah. we're here that's Welcome. all that matters Welcome. so okay first go ahead tell us a little bit about your company and who you are so um my name's sam obviously and i am managing director and co-founder of a couple of um companies really there's Method, which is a digital innovations agency. And we do all cool things around web and digital, experiential. Um, been around for 15 years. And um, early last year, we set up another company called M Theory. And now the idea with M Theory is it's totally focused on augmented reality and virtual reality. Right. So we're an AR VR production studio. And okay, I mean, that's the thing right now AR yeah. VR. Okay, let's get into it. When would you say you first realized technology was your world? Well, oh, God, that's a hard one. I mean, probably when I was in my early mid-20s, which is when we kind of just after, you know, when we started the agency originally. Um, but to be honest, look, I've been into tech since I was 12, 13, you know, playing, actually younger than that, playing games essentially. Yeah. Video games. Yeah, yeah video games. Too. I'm a <laughs> bit of a geek. But, um, you know, but that's how it started. So it's really awesome that I can do something that I love. And and especially because I just love really cool experiences and storytelling. Yeah. So I'm really into the traditional books as well as games. Right, so right. So it's a really nice mix being able to do what we're doing. I mean, agency life is not an easy life. No. <laughs> Why do you choose that? Was that your first company? Yeah, so we, I mean, I've come from an ad agency background. So we found You worked real, for an ad agency. Yeah, okay. so I worked for an ad agency and we did a lot of the traditional ad agency work. This is when um, web was becoming, just starting out. And we saw a real gap in the market. And I thought, you know, I really love online website experiences. We're online earlier than most people we know. Right. Um, so we saw a real gap and we thought we'd start a business that can offer agencies and right, agencies right. a digital service. Right. Yeah. And was it hard? 
It was really hard. I mean, you, it's you, always you, hard, right? Everyone who's started up a business knows it's hard. Um, and my partner and I both did it. So we kind of left our jobs um, and it seems crazy now and we got into it. And I think I think the hardest thing was that – Wait, is your partner your co-founder? Yeah. Yeah, my oh, partner's also the wow. co-founder. So, okay, I have so many questions so he, for you. Yeah, so he actually – he was the kind of web developer, creative, you know, designer, tech, tech guy and I was sort of more on the account server strategy right. side. And um, essentially he was freelancing and he started to get more projects and he's not a um, – He's not a, you know, client service person and I was. And so right. I was like, oh, look, I'll help, you know, we'll help a little bit. And then from, and then after a while I was like, why am I still working for someone when we could be growing our own business? Right, right. Let's see where this goes. So I think the hardest part about it was the fact that we both went into it yeah. at the same time. But at the same time, because we were younger, we hadn't, we weren't in senior, senior roles. We weren't making a crap load of money. Right. You know, we're kind of like, well, this is probably the best time yeah. to do it. And see how it goes. And, I, yeah. I, I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> one, okay, here's the first one. I mean, so many. I have to remember them all. I'm really looking forward to asking you this. How is year one different than year 15? Oh, wow. Um, or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. So year one, it was me and him and we got one employee. I mean, I was actually still contracting to the ad agency because I was like, oh, this is too risky. We right. can't, you know, I'm a bit risk adverse at times. Um, and we were really having to hustle. I right. mean, we were... I had to do cold calls and I had never done it before. I cannot stand doing it. And actually that's one thing that has not changed in 15 <laughs> years um, as I still hate it. Um, but I had to call people and go, hey, do you want to work with us? This is what we're doing. And, um, you know, in some ways some of that hasn't changed because right. we're still doing it because technology is always changing. So right. we still have to educate the market. Um, but we've now got 13, 14 people, you know, instead of one, um, one staff. And... We've done some amazing projects. So we started out doing amazing projects, and I think that's the thing is we've never lost sight of doing that. Right. Mm. One of the things that I'm excited to ask is about building a company with your partner. Yeah. That's yeah. very controversial. Some people are like, yes, do it, and some people are don't. So yeah. What do you think really makes it work? A 15 years, you've proved that it works for you. Yeah, too, well, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one because we had been together before that, I think, seven years. So we'd been together a long time already. Right. So we were, we, you know, we started going out, um, well, we started our relationship late teens sort of thing. So yeah. we'd already established that, you know, so it wasn't like we had a new relationship and we're going into a new business. And look, to be really honest, I've said this to a couple of people, but in our lives, it feels like the best things that we've done has actually happened really naturally. So yeah. when we started, you know, going out together, it happened really naturally. We moved in together after six months. And if I think about it now, I'm like, oh, my God, that sounds crazy. But at the time, it just seemed like a really natural thing to do. Right, right. And then the same with the business. It was kind of like, let's do it. We're, you're doing this side. I'm doing this side. It was a good fit. Yeah, to be honest, we didn't give it that much thought, except we could do some really cool work. And then it's, you know, it's kind of it took off from there. So I think part of it was we didn't give it too much thought because if we had, maybe we would have gone, why are we doing this? But we loved hanging out together. You know, he's my best friend and her, I know, <laughs> cheesy. I but you know, no, So, yeah, it. so we've kind of, you know, and, and we do work off each other really well. Mm -hmm. I think there are times, you know, like any relationship, you get impatient with right, each other. Right. And I think it's mainly because we both know each other so well. You kind of like, you know, better than that sort of thing. So, yeah. Did you ever have to, because I think it would be helpful for everybody listening, did you ever have to explore boundaries of when work life stops and personal life starts? Oh, we're still, I mean, we still try and manage that. You know, it's really difficult because we do a lot of work in the car. We used to travel a long time in the car 
um, before we kind of moved closer to work and we used to do a lot of brainstorming in the car so it used to save us time and even now you know we'll discuss things afterwards and I think We've got to be really careful the balance we have in doing that and making sure our employees are still involved in some of that mm-hmm. sort of those ideation that's going on right. that they don't get left behind, mm-hmm. you know. So we do try and switch off, but you can't, you know, because that is part of your life. So you don't have the usual, I mean, we've, you know, we barely had the usual, hey, how was your day? Hun? Right. Because we're both experiencing it. Um Except now I'm doing a lot more meetings, whereas he's managing the team more in the terms of the creative and mm-hmm. tech. So we do kind of go, oh, who did you meet? How did it go? Right. What was happening in the office? You know, so we're trying not to make it a bitch session um, and try and actually go, well, you know, let's do a proper catch up. But it is really difficult to not talk about work yeah. when you finish work because essentially it doesn't really finish for us, you know? Well, something that just came up for, for me while you were talking was the word passion. Why would two people want to stop talking about something that they naturally feel passionate Absolutely. about? Yeah. It's exciting to bring that to the table in at, a car ride or at dinner because yeah. you love what you're doing, both of you. So Absolutely. why would you want to just turn that off? I mean, it's really funny because right now we've had, you know, um, the summer break in New Zealand where basically everyone shuts down for two weeks. Oh, wait, where's so, the summer? Just yeah, <laughs> shut up. Exactly. Um, it was good last night. But so this is what we call our summer break. So. Yeah. Basically, we shut down for two weeks over the Christmas, New Year sort of period. Mm-hmm. And um, then, you know, then we've got all these sort of statutory holidays that are like Mondays off. And right. Essentially all lined up, you know. So we've had a couple of long weekends. And it's really funny because we've both kind of been saying, we don't need more holidays. Right. We actually just really want to get back into work because we're really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About all the stuff that's going to happen, some of the cool things we're doing. And it's like, oh, my God, we're such geeks that mm-hmm. we're actually really excited about doing more work. Yeah. You know, but you're totally right. It's I think it's that passion that we have. So when we do talk about it, neither of us are like, oh, no, don't bring up work. There are moments when kind of like, I just don't want to talk about that. Right, right. You know, um, but typically it's it's because we've had this new brief mm-hmm. or we're talking about a new project and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we could be doing this with it and do that, you know. So right. there is a lot of excitement and it it's kind of our life, you know. So totally. it's totally blended in anyway. So totally. it's like sometimes you forget you're talking about work specifically. It's like, well, that is our life. Yeah. And and you shared with me earlier that you're a mother. Yeah. So how are you able to be a driven business leader and a mother and a partner all at the same time? Well, because I and guess. And a manager and yeah. a janitor um, and a housekeeper. Well, <laughs> look, I am, I am probably a really stupid person that I multitask way too much. So in fact, I think if I wasn't busy, I would be looking for more stuff to do. So I'm, I'm pretty happy at the moment with the yeah. balance of stuff I've got. And how I've many got. children do you have? I've just got one. And so how old? I think he's three and a half. Cool. So um, look, it's tricky at times, but at the same time, I love children. I love him. I love working and I love my partner. So we just make things work, you know? Yeah. I think I probably sacrifice me time. So if anything, what's happened is as stuff is added on, and essentially our son's probably the, you know, he's three and a half, so he's been the last add-on to our life, um, is essentially I've just lost the me time that I used to have. And to be honest, I don't remember what I did with my time before a kid. I don't, I don't. I, I can can't believe you. you slept in. Oh my god! You yeah, slept well, in. and he's you had a few nights of debauchery. So, <laughs> he's amazing. So I have to say, we're probably lucky because we hear a lot of horror stories, and we're like, "Oh my god, our kid sleeps through the night." He's really great on planes. So we travel a lot, mm-hmm. and um, we love having one because it's kind of like you know, there's the three of us. We can um, take him traveling. We can 
it's really easy. He hangs around with our adult friends as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, he loves it as well. Yeah. Um. So what, what kind of, first of all, do you think you'll get back to having some me time? Because I do think that's really important. Oh, look, I did, you know, like last night after my, one of my board meetings, mm-hmm. I did go and have a massage. And so I do try. Mm-hmm. I think my problem is, and it's more my problem than anything, me time involves doing some work mm-hmm. and scheduling possibly our next trip away. Mm-hmm. So that is part of what I do to mm-hmm. relax. It's some of that stuff and read up. It sounds really bad, but I'm trying to find more time this year to read books because I absolutely love reading and I found in the last few years that I haven't read enough. So I'm mm-hmm. just trying to make sure that I find the right books and that I'm spending time doing that. Because I find that that is, you know, something that I've really missed. Do you think having a child makes you a more efficient business leader? Um, You know what? I would say that it works both ways sort of thing. So I think personally I'm quite driven and organized and sort of, you know, um, it's interesting because if anything, I think um, – it really helps me having Jesse because I'm forced to have some downtime. I actually, you know, before I'd used to come home and possibly continue working sometimes, not all the time, you know, um, have dinner and we'd sit down and sort of eat dinner and then go back to work sort of again. Whereas now I'm like, you know, I still have to come home, cook dinner for him, but I find my weekends, right. like when he's awake, that we're trying to make as much time for him as possible. So actually automatically I'm getting a bit of downtime because it's playtime. Um and so I'm finding myself sort of, I'm forcing myself to have these sort of, mm-hmm. you know, moments of play when before maybe I wasn't or, you know. Yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm finding it's, and it's more valuable, right? I just want to spend the time. When he's awake, I'm like, we need to be spending time with him. I love it. Yeah. I think this is an important conversation because I know being a business leader myself, it's it's constantly, you're, you're asked by society, oh, you have to choose. You can only oh. be in business or you can only yeah. be a mother or you can only be married. Or it's very, it's so strange how I don't understand polarizing. It. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, we can do it all. Totally. And I think, I mean, I don't feel actually, you know, like I know some people say they feel guilty about enjoying working. And I'm like, why should I feel I've guilty about it? I've heard that a lot. I, I love working. And, you know, he does go to daycare. He's probably there about nine to 5.30 sort of thing. And it's a long day in Dakey, but he also loves it. He's learning lots of things. And he gets a mum who's totally focused on him in the weekends. And I'm not saying if you're at home that you wouldn't be either. So I think, you know, I really enjoy working. So if I enjoy working, isn't it great that he's been brought up by someone who's loving what they do? Now, if yeah. I didn't enjoy working, you know, that's different a whole story. different story, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So I really love working. And I think if I'm happy, he's happy, yeah. right? And you know, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I couldn't give up working, not yet, you know. I, I, th- I love it too much. Yeah. I think it's important for all of us when we're driven, ambitious women in technology to really think about what what life we want for ourselves, what's right for us, yeah. and to understand that we don't have to have the same thing as someone else. Totally. We invent what's right for us. Yeah. And you've invented what's right for you. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, you can't, you can't work with your partner. Well, yeah, <laughs> like it's working for you. You can't have children. Yeah. It's working, you know, yeah. so it's about finding out what your own specific life formula is Absolutely. and, and being I, true to that. And yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is some people would get into that situation and kind of go, you know what, my um, focus is now my child and there's nothing wrong with that at mm-hmm. all. It's, it's exactly that finding out what you want to do and totally. making the most of it. So the only thing, yeah, the only thing I wish for is a few more hours in the day, but I need to find, 
I need to fill that up with me time rather right. than, you know, totally. yeah, work. Two, yeah. Of the, two of the storylines, this is a little bit of a side note, but two of the storylines that I've heard a lot that haven't been applicable to me is um, investment nightmares and um, terrible business partners. Um, with my sports company, I had the most amazing investors and I'm so blessed to say that I've had three extraordinary co-founders. So just because society says something's a certain way, it's absolutely. not that for everybody. It absolutely. doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a generalization, yeah. right? Come, yeah. But I think we fall for them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's so many women out there who do love having a career and have got kids. And yeah. why can't that be okay? Totally. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. Let's 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 dive back into being a business leader. What would you say has been one of the biggest challenges that you've successfully overcome, and how did you do that? Um, so I think for us, it was essentially there was a global financial crisis, which um, I think probably hit us about two thousand nine, two thousand ten. But for us, it was really tricky because um, we were working with a lot of clients, um, ad agencies who pulled back a lot of their work with mm-hmm. us. So. And it made sense for them. They were trying to keep as much money in-house as possible. And essentially, we went down from 12 people to my partner and I and our dog. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it was a massive difference. You know, we kind of like went, what the hell are we doing? We went through a bit of a, you know, crisis, right? crisis and kind of went, what are we doing? Are we doing the right thing? How have we been successful for so long? And look, you can't help but kind of feel that way because you feel like a little bit of a failure. You right, know? right. Um, and look, I'm sure a lot of people are going through a similar thing. So we ended up having the best financial year um, after that. I know. Which is With crazy. three people. Well, then we actually hired a couple more people and we had more money, more revenue, um, profit coming in um, with five people than we did with 12 people. Wow. And so we kind of learned a lot of things in that, that, you know, we've got to find the right people for the jobs. It's harder when you do have more people, you find that because everything's been split a bit more. Right. You know, there are peaks and troughs. So when you've right. got the troughs, you're still having to pay that many people, right? Um, but we kind of, I remember we went through and we kind of did a couple of lists of what we should be doing. Should we go and work for someone else? And um, eventually we decided, we actually... We actually went to LA for a week and we, you know, let's go and do this. And we talked to a few people there. We're thinking, oh, should we get a job? And we got a couple of job offers. The same company offered us both to come and work with them, you know, for crazy money. And we were like, oh, okay, maybe we are worth something. We sat down and kind of thought, well, let's try this again, doing our own thing. Let's try it for another year. Right. And then just, you know, and, and actually that year was the best year we had. That's amazing. And so we kind of went, well, let's keep going, you know. So yeah. that was a really hard time. And I think the hardest thing out of all of that was having to make people redundant. So we swore to ourselves we never, ever want to go through that process again. Mm-hmm. So anytime we kind of get close to having some of those troughs, that means, you know, cash flow is really hard is we try and preempt that. Right. Um, so we really try and kind of go, right, we need to do something more active about it. Last year we were really, really active, um, proactive in getting our name out there and PR, you right. know. And one of the biggest things we did as well is we stopped actively working with ad agencies. So we don't actively look for that work because we found that at the end of the day, they will look for their best interests, you know. So we're looking, we're working more with direct clients. Right. Um, so we've got the direct relationship. And also it means that we can showcase our work more. With an ad agency, we're always hidden under them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this way, we can talk about method and M-theory and they're the ones attached to the project. So, I mean, that was one of the biggest challenges of my life, actually. Awful. 
Um, and then on a non-business level, our son was actually born with a heart condition oh, wow. when he was born. So um, we had to go through a, a crazy period where as new parents, we were like, what the hell's going on? Um, and he had to have open heart surgery. What? At day seven. I know. And, I, <gasps> and you know what? And I think at that point, I remember, because I'm one of those people who checks my emails like all the time. Right. I can't go away without checking my emails. For a week, I actually didn't care about you know, and it was yeah. straight away, I was like, actually, the most important thing is family. Right. And, you know, I knew things were being taken care of. Right. Which was good. But I just remember for the first time in my life, actually, not caring about these emails that were coming through, you know. And so, in one way, it was like, at least I know I've got my priorities right, right. as well. Right. Um, but that was really hard. I mean, you I'm know. I'm glad he's okay. He's, he's yeah. okay. He's, yeah, he's always going to be a heart kid, but yeah. he's actually... So normal, you wouldn't know. Yeah. And how how do you go through that personal challenge and run a company at the same time? Yeah, I mean that was tricky, but I guess at the same time, you know what I was saying before about stuff just happens and we just roll with it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things we just rolled with. It was like, well, we didn't know any better. We yeah. didn't have any other kids, so we yeah. didn't know a normal birth experience. That was our normal birth right. experience. Um, you know, there were. <laughs> It was a bit crazy because there were times I was working during the day while also trying to look after a baby and, you know, even later when I was finding – because I didn't really have, like, a long maternity leave. Right. Um, even later when I was, like, doing meetings and then rushing home to feed him and yeah. then going back to meetings. And I kind of look back and I go, that's surreal. But I also knew it was for a short time. Right. You know, um, I, was, I was feeling pretty down and low and I think most of it was tiredness. So through that I was also, you know, like I thought – it's so important to be able to talk to people about that. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot more talk about it now. Right, you know, right. Like when I was in the middle of it or no one ever tells you after the birth. You know, there's right, all right. this stuff about what leading up to it and all of that sort of stuff. And I guess it's just making sure that you've got a straight head on or being able to have your network that you can talk to and be able to be open about everything. So mm-hmm. the business side of it, I mean, I had a great team here. Right. You know, um, and so it was just making sure – that I gave everyone the chance to kind of do their jobs and I could lead from a distance, you know, and it worked. It worked out. Yeah. Um, let's get into method and M theory. That's okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys offer? Who are your clients? And give us a little perspective on how big you guys are. Yeah, sure. So um, we've got a team of about um, 13 people. We've got a couple of freelancers from, you know, from time to time. Um, and, so Method as a digital agency, we do a lot of websites, um, experiential sort of work as in um, events, you know, mm-hmm. installations at events and branding, all of that sort of work. So we work with clients on projects. We set up M Theory to be the AR, VR production arm of Method. So Method did AR and VR. And then we saw the industry kind of burgeoning. We thought we really need a brand that screams AR and VR. Right. So we set up M Theory for that. Essentially, and also under M Theory, we want to run some of our own IP. So we've got a VR game in the works um, that we're trying to get funding for. So that's one of the projects under M Theory. So the way we see it working is Method looks after clients and is very much runs like an agency. M Theory, we want to do some of our own IP stuff and act as a production studio. We might link in with films and mm-hmm. storytellers, movie makers to do the AR or VR experience that they might want to bring out. You were just in Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. So it was just, you know, there kind of talking to some producers and directors and seeing how we could take some of those ideas and turn into a VR experience or an AR experience. So we want to do a lot more of that. I guess for us, 
it is just another medium, but it's mm-hmm. another medium to bring these stories to life. And so it's like, how can we bring these stories to life in a different way? You know, we found in our time with Method that we had a lot of people doing the, hey, I've got a great TVC, can we put it on a website? And it's like, well, online is such a different experience to TV. You have to make right. the medium, you have to make it fit the right. medium, you right. know? So very much passionate about doing the same with augmented reality and virtual reality. Whatever you're creating has to fit the medium rather than just be a copy of something you've done here. You know? right. And how does your studio for AR, VR compared to the other solutions out there? Oh, look, I mean, I can hand on heart say we've probably done some of the best work in New Zealand, you know, definitely. And um, some of the stuff I've seen, you know, we've, uh, there's a lot of world firsts being bandied around in AR and VR at the moment. So it's a tricky one. Um, and we've, we know, we've done some really cool experiences. So one of the experiences we've done is a VR personality profiler. So you go through and it kind of showcases at the end what personality type you are. And the idea with that is to link into a course of study through university. So it's right. quite a unique, you know, yeah, idea. Yeah. We've done an augmented reality walking tour app with a whole lot more content. So quite different to some of the other ones we've seen out there. So some really cool things we're doing. And, you know, we were at um, the Future of Storytelling event in yeah. New York last year. And some of the stuff we've seen there, I mean, we're totally up there with the rest of the world. You know, it's a fairly new industry. So in general, I think we were playing with VR when Oculus first came out about four or five years ago. So I think we're really up there in terms of the rest of the world. And so we just want to do more of this awesome. cool stuff, really. How can people connect with you? Ah, well, probably through our website and social. So we've got um, method.digital is a web address. Um, and we've got our Facebook page. So either method or M-theory VR you can find. And we're on Twitter as well. But maybe best to just email me on sam at methodstudios.co.nz. Which is NZ. Yes, <laughs> NZ. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with no the Women in Tech podcast. This has been amazing. You guys make sure to say hello on the socials at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I will talk to you guys, hear you guys, see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> UpGuard, one of my favorite companies in Mountain View, combines asset discovery, security ratings, and vendor questionnaires for the only complete cyber risk solution. Not only do they keep us safe online, they empower women in tech internally. They focus on hiring female engineers to make sure that we rise to the top. So I welcome you to take a look at their job opportunities from Mountain View to New York, New York to Sydney, Australia. They are a company worth exploring. Their mentorship culture is magnetic. Mention the Women in Tech podcast when you apply just as they celebrate women in tech We want to celebrate you too. So make sure to let us know when you've reached out to UpGuard and we'll make sure to feature you on the Women in Tech social channels. We believe in you. UpGuard.com. Visit them for yourself. You'll see exactly what I mean. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support Women in Tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.